Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is the Spurs Cast with your host, Paul Garcia. to another episode of the Spurs cast on today's episode i will be joined by by pounding the rock writer bruno passos and in today's episode bruno and i will be discussing the spurs through 10 games now that they've officially played 10 games the latest on the josh primo legal dispute and where the spurs's roster now stands let's jump right into this episode bruno how you doing hey i'm good paul a little messed up by uh daylight savings recording from uh, my laundry room but that, that new intro of yours uh, got me really hyped up and ready to talk about these weird spurs so now i'm ready to go yeah, man, it's good to see you. You know, I don't live in San Antonio anymore, but, you know, I had just seen you, you know, a few months ago at, at the, one of the early preseason games. So, it's you know, virtually it's good to see you, though. Um, and Spurs well, listeners, I just want to warn you now, um, like many Spurs players, I have something of a non-COVID illness. I don't know what it is, but my voice is very strained right now. So just giving you uh, in advance now, uh, just to let you all know in case my voice kind of gives out <laughs> during this episode. All right, let's jump right into this episode, Bruno. So the Spurs now, um, I had last recorded last Thursday, and we, you and I recorded this on a Sunday evening. And the Spurs had just played five games. They were, off, they were off to a really good start, three and two to start the year. Then now, now that we're recording today on Sunday, the Spurs have now gone through 10 games and they are five and five, you know, 500 ball club right now. So let's go ahead and uh, revisit the last five games for this team. So uh, going back to this previous week, the Spurs got a win against the Chicago Bulls by five points. Um, Chicago was favored by four. The Spurs got this win without Devin Vassell and then for Chicago, Zach Levine was out. Then um, uh, in the middle of the week, the Spurs defeated the Minnesota Timberwolves by nine points at, in, in San Antonio. The Wolves were favored by six. Again, Nova Cell and also Blake Wesley ends up getting injured in this game, and we'll talk about his injury a little bit later in this episode. And then the three losses came in a row. Um, first, they, they lose at home against the Toronto Raptors by 43. It's, I, I think that's the worst record, worst loss to in Greg, Greg Popovich's coaching era from, from what we saw online. Uh, Toronto was favored by six and a half, still no Vassell for that game. And then on Friday, they, they played the um, Los Angeles Clippers at home, and they lost by seven. The Clippers were favored by three and a half. Uh, Vassell was back, but on a minutes restriction, he came off the bench. And then um, their most recent game was another blowout where they lost on the road in Denver on the second out of a back-to-back by 25. Denver was favored by, by 11 and a half. And, they, uh, you know, Denver's coaching staff and also some of their players mentioned how, you know, they kind of took advantage of the Spurs just being a tired ball club there on the second out of a back-to-back. So, Bruno, what have your thoughts been on these last five games for this, for this team? Yeah, as you said, they're five and five overall, but it's a super uneven five and five, right? Like the net rating speaks to that uh, losing the last three games by like a combined 75 points. Um, so, you know, hard to gauge with some of those injuries, you know, with Vassell and um, uh, other guys missing time and, um, uh, you know, just kind of a, a mixed bag with the opponents as well. You know, I think they got um, some of those early wins on teams, maybe not on the best nights. And then they they really, I think, uh, the competition stepped up a bit in these last few and, you know, that, that particularly that, that loss in, um, in Denver was, um, you know, 
that was a tough one to I think really come out for on, on that second uh, night of a back-to-back. So no, I mean, it, it's been obviously overall, nobody expected them to be five and five right now. Um, you know, going into the season, you looked at that, that schedule and it was really hard for me to pencil in like any wins. Um, ironically, one of them was that game against Charlotte at home and that, that, that was a blowout at home. Um, so, you know, in, in general, you know, I think in, they've, they've definitely exceeded expectations. Um, but, you know, we're at that point now where we're looking at a 500 record, that negative net rating, and you're trying to decide, you know, which, which team is it and, and how is that going to hold out through the rest of the regular season? So it's a fun time. It's a fun time to talk about it because we're definitely going to be wrong about some stuff. But, um, you know, in general, the vector's pointing down and you're not, you're not too loving the idea of, you know, them actually competing for that play-in spot. I don't know if they really still have that kind of fortitude for uh, 82 games, but it's, it's, been, it's been fun. You know, I think that's, that's really, you know, if one word to describe it, it's been fun. Yeah, and and one thing you can tell is that they're not they're being very cautious with injuries. Like if anybody has anything, they're they're sending those players that night for sure. And whether it takes one or one to like three games, they're, they're definitely um, you know being very cautious with their injury situation. So again, it's very small sample size. Again, just ten day uh, ten games of, of data here, but we can start to see some, some pictures on on offense and defense for this team. So let's first talk about the offense, the good things that we're seeing. These are the top ten, uh, some of the rankings for for San Antonio. So they are a very fast paced team, like we talked about. That was something that, that they mentioned they wanted to do in, in training camp in the preseason. So they're second right now in the league. Uh, in pace, possessions per 48 minutes. They're a really good team in ball movement. Um, they're number one in assists and number one in, in assist percentage. They're getting a shot that's not a shot you kind of want to get in the NBA, which is those floater, like that non-restricted area uh, shot that's a very low efficient shot, but that, that's that's a shot that they're getting right now and they're making their fourth and makes there. And then one of the big turnarounds on why, why they've been successful in this early season with five wins at least is their three-point shooting. They're, they're top 10 in three-point makes, uh, in three-point attempts, and three-point accuracy. And then even when teams are leaving them wide open, they're shooting well from the wide open three. Uh, they're fifth in three-point makes and and um, and ninth in three-point accuracy. Do you? Um, here's my question to you for first for the good things on offense. What do you think is going to fall off, or do you think that some of these things might hold uh, as the season progresses? Yeah, you talk about the three-point accuracy in particular. I think they're going to keep playing a, a certain style. So you know that that ball is going to keep pinging around. Um, it's going to be a lot of those catch and shoots. You know not, that that's that's going to be the the, the play just playing within the flow of the offense and chasing those looks and and guys everyone ready to shoot right you, you, from from Keldon and and Devin Vassell like being ready to shoot and be those like those sorts of heads heads of the snake to you know even like you know the ball hits finds Jeremy Sohan you know on on the wing. He's left open. Everyone has to shoot right now because that you know, teams are going to dare them. They just have to kind of keep it within the flow of the offense and keep defenses honest. So um, I think we're going to keep seeing that sort of, uh, you know, three-point rate, but they're, they're not they're not a team that's, you know, I think packed with, you know, those 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 talented shooters. And, and I think a lot of guys' early percentage is probably likely going to dip. But I think, you know, the style is going to hold. Um, and it's going to keep, you know, I think it's going to keep them scrappy in a lot of nights. And, you know, if, if they can couple together some some stronger defensive games, should keep them in it. And, you know, again, don't, not sure we're seeing a 500 team, but I think, you know, that offense is going to, um, it's going to produce enough looks just within the flow to, to keep them interesting. Okay. And now let's go to the bottom 10 for them um, on offense. Um, you know, the turnover percentage has been a big issue for this team. Uh, they're 27th. Usually that's, a, that's an area where they're, they're top 10. They're usually a good, you know, team that takes care of the ball. Again, there's, there's new players, younger players having more responsibility. Uh, they've also played some, st- you know, some really um, aggressive defenses like the Toronto Raptors most recently. Uh, their offensive rating is 21st. Um, and then their their dunk layup accuracy is 23rd. It's like 63, 63% is a good number, but again, it's the fact that it's ranking 23rd right now when they're finishing at the rim. And then their free throw makes, they're, they're not a team that gets the, to the line a ton, a, a ton which is kind of expected. Uh, so they're 26th there. Uh, what do you think about some of those numbers? Yeah, the turnover one's interesting. Like you said, uncharacteristic, but 
a team that's you know so devoid of ball handlers. Um, I think uh, you look, Synergy they're they're um, they're facing one of the highest rates of like press defense, full court okay. press. Um, they're also facing a high rate of zone defense and not faring very well against the zone just because, again, you got a lot of like, you know, inexperienced ball handlers trying to kind of find their way um, in, in, in this, um, you know, on this new look team. So um, I think a lot of that tracks, it's probably going to hold the free throw rate. Also, you know, it's, it's not really been a strength of theirs since DeMar left. And um, oddly enough, I think Primo was one of their better players at getting to the line, um, at least um, as far as, you know, by a percent by a possession basis so kind of one of those guys that was probably gonna help them trend the right way there so um you know a lot of this tracks a lot of it looks like it's gonna hold and it probably paints the kind of picture to you know why this the rest of this season may um kind of trend in the negative way yeah no i, I agree with you there and uh, again i i'm eager to, eager to see if the turnover percentage does get a little bit better considering this is that's one of the staples of coach pop's offense is always to be a good team to take care of the ball, but that's interesting what you mentioned there about how, how teams are throwing zones at them. Uh, they're definitely putting, putting in that pressure on them because we saw that in that game against Indiana very early in the year. That dispersed team, if they're not prepared with a full court, you know, trap or pressure situation, they're going to they're gonna struggle. All right, now let's go to the defense. And this is an area where they haven't had a lot of bright spots. Um, defensively, they're the one top 10 area that, that I found was uh, they're not putting the, the opponents on the free throw line as much. So they're, they're fourth in opponent uh, free throw makes. But let's just jump right to the bottom 10, and this is one of the reasons why, why they are, you know, struggling in, um, you know, on a night-to-night basis mostly. Uh, their defensive rating is 29th. Uh, opponent offensive rebounding percentage is 22nd. Opponent effective field goal percentage is 29th. But that's a huge part of, um, of Denver shooting really well most recently and also Toronto. Uh, those teams have just, you know, shot lights out against them from, like, almost every area of the floor, including the mid-range. Um, they're not their transition defense is an issue, and that's usually, a, a, you know, an area that they really focus on. They're, they're dead last in, in opponent fast break points. Um, points off turnovers are not really forcing the opponents in, into turnovers and then, you know, scoring on the other end, San Antonio. Uh, teams are just getting to the to the line, you know, at, at will against them. They're, they're, they're dead last an opponent um, dunk layup uh, makes. Um, and then opponent points to the paint. Again, they're scoring there, you know, at, at will against the Spurs defense. Um, even though mid-range isn't a huge issue, it's, again, the fact that teams are shooting over 50% against the Spurs on a mid-range shot, it just reminds me of that Denver game where Jamal Murray would just, like, step back and he gets a wide-open mid-range. No one's even close to him. And so teams are shooting well whenever they, when they, whenever they take mid-range against the Spurs. And then uh, lastly, opponent three-point percentage. Uh, that's an area where they are struggling as well. What are your thoughts on, on defensively where they stand? Yeah, it's not a lot of good there. Um, <laughs> and you know, some of it is surprising. You know, you thought that um, th- there were still enough guys that could, you know, play the right kind of style of defense, which which they had been sort of working towards that, like, you know, switching uh, one one through four, um, a lot of mobile guys, but, you know, they're young. So um, it's, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be mistake prone. Little surprise to see 29th and, um, you know, they're, they're not rebounding as well as you thought, especially with Kelvin Johnson kind of moving down a position and playing a little bit bigger than they have in the past. That's a little bit surprising, but um, I think they're still finding their footing there. Um, you see a lot of scrambling and the kind of things that you expect to kind of get tightened up in time. So these, a lot of those numbers should, you know, move in the right way, but you know, it makes sense. And, you know, some of these blowouts may have um, skewed things a little bit more than they uh, would have as well. So kind of in that, you know, 10 game sample size, things could, could look um, a little bit funnier than they may in the end. So you expect them to tighten it up. Um, you know, these young guys, especially, they, 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 they're going to, you know, get a little bit better, a little bit faster. So um, uh, as long as injuries and all those X factors don't um, play in the mix. So, um, you know, it's it's not good. It tracks, you know, it, it, you know, if anybody's been watching the game, you've seen those open layups and just those, those you know, consistent breakdowns. Teams like Denver and Toronto breaking, you know, tearing them apart. So um, it makes sense. But 
you expect a young team to improve as the season goes on. Yeah, and like you said, you know, I think a lot of it is just the most recent blowouts. That's kind of, a, you know, a, a contributing factor because this team has had moments. They've had some some elite defensive quarters where, like, they're holding an opponent below 20 points at times. Um, they've actually held an opponent below 100 points. I forgot who that was in one game this season. So they've had their moments, but you're right. You know, right now I think a lot of this data is skewed mostly because of those blowouts that have happened against Toronto uh, and Denver. But, again, it is an issue, and, and these are some things that they should improve on because I thought that coming into the season this would be a better defensive team by the end of the year than offensively, but right now their yeah. strengths are more so the offensive end. All right, so going forward, um, you know, for those of you that wanted Victor Wimbanyama, you know, the Spurs have a good chance at him. The things have improved because last time when I did an episode, the Spurs were on pace for, you know, I don't know how many of wins, but it definitely wasn't in the in the bottom three um, territory. And now, um, you know, according to Clean the glass one of their projections has the spurs at you know based on what where they're at right now through 10 games to finish with just 21.8 wins which is um you know right there where vegas thought they would be with 22 wins this season and again if you're if you end up with 21.8 wins that's going to probably get you at your best chance at, at a top three pick uh, give you those 14 percent lottery odds uh per, per of 538 the raptor model has the spurs with 32 wins so a little bit more than, than um probably getting in the top three lottery area for for 14 chance and then the, the 538 elo model has them higher at 37 wins what are your thoughts about you know where their their overall projections are uh, you know toward the end of the year i know it's only 10 games my thoughts are we should have come up with our own projection models they can get away mm -hmm. with 15 games difference between these three models. Come on, just make up your own and then just throw out a number and you get clicks. No, um, I mean, I think cleaning the glass uh, it seems like the most, it's the closest to the, the those preseason uh, projections. So maybe they've got a bit more sort of historical data like baked into it. And that definitely seems like the most realistic one. I think a lot of us had them in that. I don't remember if I threw out like 23, 24 wins. So yeah. definitely a lot closer there. And, you know, you did have those early, you know, flashes where you're like, Kind of made you second guess what you thought about this team, but you know, at the end of the day, they're they're they're, they're they are going to struggle, especially when they can't you know bring roll out a you know a, a completely healthy roster where everybody knows where they're going to where they're meant to be and that sort of thing. Uh, this team's not really built to to flex in a certain way when when X player is gone, especially when they're one of the top three. So um, I think they're going to be due for some some more ugly ones. And you know, if you had to pick one, I think most people would side with the with, with cleaning the glasses projection right now which like you said it's, it's, it's where a lot of people's agenda and, and a lot of people's hopes for for the future are lying so um i think that's um that, that's that's part for the course and probably the, the plan for what the team was itself was expecting coming coming into the season yeah, exactly. And the reason why I can't see them, you know, being too, too far ahead of that is because of the fact that, like we mentioned earlier, with injuries, they're going to they're going to sit players. If they have just anything wrong with them, they're going to sit those players. They're going to be very cautious. So that's going to, you know, that's going to lead to probably a lot of losses when you don't have your core players in there. And then number two is um, they, they really got to jump on these teams that haven't figured it out early. So once we get to like December, January, and teams know who they are, I think it's going to be really hard for them to surprise teams like Minnesota and those kind of those kind of opponents uh, the way that the Spurs have. Because we saw like a team that has it together already, like Toronto or even like Denver. I mean, they really just carved the Spurs up and, and that's kind of what we expected coming into the season. So again, we'll kind of see what happens. Again, that's just 10 games in. But but again, if you're in the hope for Victor Wimanyama, you know, the Spurs having a good chance at him right now, the, the, the data does show that, that the Spurs are on, on, that, on that path uh, for him. All right, now, Bruno, let's talk about just how the players have, have played, um, you know, overall now through 10 games. And again, some of these players have been out due to injury. So let's go with them. the first their starters. Um, Keldon Johnson right now, and, the, and these, these numbers are uh, box score stats, but they are, they are rounded. So Keldon's averaging 23 points, five rebounds, and four assists right now. He's, he's, he's attempting 8.7 three-point attempts per game. He's finishing well near the rim when he drives. Um, he's shooting well from three, and then uh, he's, he's averaging more than 10 drives per game. Uh, when he does drive the ball, he's shooting first and passes second, and then he's rebounding well, and then he's not fouling. 
Devin Vassell, again, he was injured for most of the, for most of this data. So um, he, he's averaging 21 points, four, four rebounds, four assists. We do note that he had a career height. Uh, was it 20? Was it 24, 29 points, something like that? In that one return game. So he had a career high. He just broke his career high. So he's probably going to do that multiple times a season. Uh, he's showing that three-level scoring that we've always talked about for him. Uh, he's shooting well from mid-range and from three, um, 7.3 three-point attempts. So he's struggling near the rim a little bit. Uh, and he's also having more than 10 drives per game. Um, he passes first on his drives. He shoots second. Uh, he's getting to the free throw line. And then um, he, he rates out well against compared to his teammates in deflection, steals, rebounding. He's also not fouling much. Uh, Jakob Pertl, the starting center, uh, is averaging 12 points, 10 rebounds, and three assists. Um, he's shooting well in the paint, like what you expect from Pirtle. Um, rebounding is, is a strength for him. Contesting shots, deflections, and blocks are also sticking out compared to his teammates. Trey Jones, the starting point guard, is averaging 12 points, four rebounds, and six assists. Uh, his notable for him is that he's still taking the three ball, and he's making them pretty well. You know, 23% of his shots come from the three. Um, he's shooting well from the three. He's, he's, he's struggling for mid-range and the paint. Uh, and then he's also averaging more than 10 drives per game. When he does drive the ball, he shoots first, passes second. He also sticks out compared to his teammates in deflections and steals. And then lastly, amongst the starters is Jeremy Sohan, who's averaging seven points, four rebounds, and two assists. Uh, he is taking the threes when, when, when the defenses give them to him. Um, he's taking those wide-open threes. He is struggling, though, with his accuracy, which is something we all, we all kind of expected in, in his rookie year. Uh, he's finishing very close to the rim, especially with those alley-oop attempts that the, Spurs are, that the Spurs are finding him for. And then he's also um, rates out well compared to his teammates and steals, contesting shots and rebounds. Who are uh, just you know, any, any of the players in the starting lineup that you want to mention, you know, just kind of what has been surprising to you? Is it something you kind of expected? What, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I guess I'll go with the surprises because, like, I think Yak, you're you're getting sort of what you what you expected with Yakub right now. I think he's throwing in a few um, new things. He's, he's he's sealing his guy off like the the mm -hmm. when he when he rolls to the basket a little bit more, and um, I think he's just as as good as ever as like your you know your rim protector and um, screen setter. So he's you know still good, and you know we'll see what uh, if he's if he's still in a Spurs jersey. Uh, at the end of the year, but um, I mean, I, I think it all starts with Keldon. Like uh, he's 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 really impressed me. Like um, I, I really didn't know what to expect with him being one of those main go-to um, options on offense. But you know, he's I think uh, defenders are closing in on him more on those three-point looks, and he's still hitting them. Um, he's just looking that much more confident on that. He you know the like the, the ball taps out to him, and he'll he'll just ISO his like we, that that happened I believe in the. Uh, the win against the Wolves, the, the, there was a tap out to him. He just kind of like, kind of isoed out, cleared out, and 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 buried a pull up three pointer. Just the type of stuff that you never really expected from him. And real sign of growth, and um, he's sort of thriving, playing the more nominal small forward position instead of um uh, at the four like he had been. Um, and I think just showing a lot of new li little wrinkles to his game, improving. I think as a passer, even though like you said, he is still having to serve more of a of, of a scoring option. Um, I think you know it, we, we talked about it as like um kind of drop in weight uh, over the offseason. I think that's really showing on the defensive end. I, I, I remember being quite critical of his defense, like perimeter defense in the past, and just he really struggled hanging with um, uh, ball handlers, like ones and twos. He's doing that, I think, really well right now. He's not like locking anybody down, but just the fact that he's holding his own there is good. And I think that sort of speaks to his um, net rating being so pot. Like he's, he, he's just kind of, kind of head and shoulders above the rest of the starters there. And I think um, it's not only what he does offensively, but the fact that he is um, actually being pretty serviceable there on the perimeter as well. Um, Vassell, like you said, he's, he's stepping up and, and really being that sort of more than just a three and D player um, and, and, and doing scoring at all three levels, um, just looking extremely comfortable as, as one of those first options. Um, and I'll, I'll single out Jeremy Sohan because even though it's it's been a very mixed bag, which is what you expect with like sort of a project rookie who with with known flaws, 
he's really fun. I mean, I just, I, he's really fun to watch like defensively, just his hustle and crashing the boards and helping there. But, um, you know, everything on offense, his, mo- his movement, um, he's like on defense, he's like uh, picking up ball handlers at 94 feet. Um, yeah, he, they, they, they got him playing at the zone, like at the top of the zone. Um, you know, he's, he's just all over the place. I think he's probably still covering more ground per minute than any other Spurs player. Just, he's just, his activity is awesome. And he's, um, I don't know, he's just a delight to see. And you really want like, obviously the three point, the three pointer is going to be that real swing skill. Um, but um, I've, I've really enjoyed um, watching him and I'm really glad that pop just decided to throw him into the fire this, uh, this early. Yeah. And with, with, with him, you just notice how on, on offense, especially in the half court offense, you know, he's mainly in that dunker spot. He's kind of sitting away and uh, unless he has to you know, p- uh, pop out, but he's kind of like figuring out his way to build chemistry with his teammates. Like I said, to finish around the rim. Uh, and then he's also shown some, just his passing skills are just, you know, at, at some points he has some really good passes uh, to, uh, for his teammates. All right, let's go look at the, at the players on the bench. And they do have multiple players that they bring out, um, you know, the Spurs, the Spurs team, especially with the injuries lately. Uh, but let's just talk about a few players here who usually get the consistent minutes when, they, when the team is healthy. Uh, you got Josh Richardson off the bench, averaging 10 points, two rebounds, three assists. Uh, he's shooting very well from three. He's also stands out compared to his teammates in deflections. Zach Collins, uh, eight points, five rebounds, three assists off the bench. Um, shooting well in paint, shooting well from above the break threes. Uh, contesting shots, um, steals, blocks, rebounds all stick out for him. He's just having really good numbers on defense for Zach. Uh, Doug McDermott off the bench is like he, I've been calling him like like a, like a fireball off, offensively, just right off the bench. He can easily come and give you like a six zero swing um, off the bench. So he's averaging ten points right now, two rebounds, two assists, uh, finishing well near the rim with his with his cuts and his, and his drives, uh, and then shooting well from three. Malachi, Malachi Branham just recently got the starting the starting nod once Primo got waived and also once uh, Blake Wesley got got hurt. So he's kind of he's been starting with Vassell coming off the bench lately, but he's gonna eventually be that backup guard off the bench. And so he's averaging six points, two rebounds, two assists. Again, it's only 75 minutes of data for him. So um, he is struggling from the three. Uh, he's getting a lot of wide open threes, but but they're not going in yet. And then um, he's not fouling much. That's the one thing that sticks out on defense. And then lastly, Kadebe's job usually plays in every game. So he's averaging eight points, two rebounds, one assist. Uh, he's finishing one near the rim like we do expect from Kada. He's not fouling much. And then um, he's he's also contesting shots. Any of the bench players that you want to talk about? Wow, the, the Gorgie Jang, uh, oh, yeah, you know, erasure. No, that's that you can't five and five. That's good. No, um, I think no. So in the side, I'll, I'll love Gorgie, I guess with Collins, but no, I think Collins, Zach Collins has obviously been just such a cool story recovering, coming back from injury. And I think really stepping like his game up from, from last year, obviously more comfortable with his body and um, just looking really like comfortable in that backup big role, um, you know, hitting those threes, uh, but also just, just like kind of like Jakob and, and Gorgie when he comes in, just playing that sort of facilitator role with the big and um, you know, he, he, the, like those, that, 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 that role on the offense is so key with this team with those lack, lack of ball handlers, um, lack of shot creation. Those bigs are just, they're, 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 they're throwing some darts. They're, 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 they're uh, yeah. threading the needle with some, some bounce passes, hitting cutters, um, not just, um, you know, serving as that facilitator with dribble handoffs. And um, he's doing that as well as anybody. And um, also holding his own on defense and looking like, you know, pretty mobile. Like he's, you know, you, you're not expecting him to, to switch on to ball handlers and, um, you know, you know, hold his ground, but he's, you know, protecting the rim and he's covering ground really well in general. And he's, he's been really good. It's been really fun to watch. Um, and, uh, you know, I think with Malachi, he's, he's, he's somebody who's not, not really, you know, um, blown the, the doors off thus far. You know, he's, he's not really had one of those big games yet that really, um, even like Blake, Blake Wesley's, I think had a few more flashes until he went down where, um, despite, you know, like maybe not looking, too strong on the other end of the floor where you just like, okay, you can kind of see where this is going. And I don't think you really have that with Brandon, but you're also maybe not as concerned just because he just seems like he's a steady guy and he's going to yeah. ever so slightly like kind of find, find his form, find his place on the team. So um, 
not really set set the world on fire, but not too worried either. Um, I'm a big KBD fan, so like uh, anytime he goes in the game, I kind of think of him as the uh, um, sort of um, like kind of the barometer of like how how a game's going to go. Um, I, okay. uh, if, 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 as long as I'm, does it, did uh, my signal go down there? What, what happened? No, no. Oh, good. you. Oh, sorry. You're frozen. Well, oh, um, uh, anyway, sorry about that. But okay. uh, you know, uh, going back, uh, Katabase Yap, he's I think really fun to watch as um, as a role player who can um, kind of step out if he needs to. You don't want him doing too much in a game, so I think about mm -hmm. those games where he has to do too much. They can often um, kind of be an indicator that this you know is probably not the Spurs night. But um, in those games where he just needs to hustle, uh, make the right plays on offense and defense, and just do like just something like that kind of like role player plus type thing where he um, just kind of randomly just. Takes takes a guy like you know ISO and just you know just make something happen that you you don't really expect. He's 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 um he's a real delight to watch and um uh, I think when he's playing within his role, it's usually a good indicator of uh, how the night's going to go for the Spurs. Yeah, and then just some players who weren't mentioned there, like, like you had mentioned earlier, Gorgie Jang. You have Gorgie Jang, you have Romeo Langford, you have Isaiah Roby. Three players who Pop can just plug them in whenever somebody's hurt or, or they need something, you know, just some sort of versatility. They're just all versatile players, and, they, and when they come in, they're actually pretty impactful in their minutes. So I think that's one thing is that this team does have a lot of depth uh, from what we saw in those three positions. And I think at the, at the guard, you know, point guard specifically, they're going to they're gonna struggle there. We'll get into that here in a little bit. So again, that's kind of where, where the Spurs stand through 10, through 10 games with, the, with just their overall team and, and also their, their players on the court. And so now we're going to, we're going to transition Bruno um, and mostly just cover what's going on with the Josh Primo um, legal dispute, because, um, you know, with, with this, with this situation, it's very, um, you know, it, it's in the hands of lawyers at this point. So we don't want to, you know, give too much of our, of our opinion on this, because again, there's, there's three different parties that have uh, different things that they're saying right now. So let's just go through what's happened with Josh Primo, because, you know, when, when I last recorded Spurs cast last Thursday, he was still on the team. And then now all of a sudden on, on Friday, he ended up getting waived. So let's just go to, kind of through the, through the timeline of what's happened with, with him. Um, so on October 28th of Friday, the Spurs did waive Primo right before they played the Chicago Bulls. I think you were in the arena, right, for that one? Which I was, yeah. It's very so, interesting. Yeah, so um, they, they waived Primo, and they didn't really give a reason why. Um, then on Thursday, this past week, on, on November 3rd, Dr. Hillary Cawthon, a licensed psychologist who used to work uh, with the Spurs, um, she's represented by attorney Tony Busby. Um, she announced it in a press conference lawsuit um, against Primo and the San Antonio Spurs organization. Uh, anyway, uh, in the lawsuit, she alleges that um, Primo uh, used indecent exposure by Primo nine times in front of her during private sessions. Uh, there's also, according to the, to the attorney, um, Busby, um, there was two other exposures allegedly by Primo in Nevada and Minnesota recently. Um, the Spurs management was made aware uh, in January 22, but uh, ignored Dr. Cawthon's complaints allegedly. Again, this is per the, per the lawsuit. And then on Friday, uh, November 4th, the Bear County Sheriff's um, Office in San Antonio confirmed to the Express News that a preliminary investigations uh, into the allegations is underway. Let me just drink some tea real quick. Mm. Ooh, okay, anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, anyway, that's where everything stands right now. So now let's go, let's go through the response of what, what Primo has said and then also um, what Dispersive have said. So then on Thursday, after, after the press conference, uh, Primo's attorney, uh, William J. Briggs II, responded saying that the allegations are false and misleading allegations. And then on Thursday as well, um, Spurs statement uh, from, from um, Spurs Sports Entertainment CEO, R.C. Buford, uh, R.C. said this, we disagree with the accuracy of facts, details, and timeline presented today. While we would like to share more information, we will allow the legal process to play out. Our organization remains committed to upholding the highest standards and will continue to live by our values and culture. So again, um, that's kind of where everything stands uh, uh, you know, right now in this situation. 
uh, you know, it, it is a lawsuit. And, and like I mentioned, the, the Bear County Sheriff's Office is, is opening a criminal or preliminary opening a criminal investigation into the matter. So again, we're not going to go into this into detail because um, like I said, it, it is a legal, it, it is a legal proceeding for all three parties right now. I do, I do want to say that if you want to get more coverage on this, one of the best reporters to follow for for this, um, you know, this legal dispute is Tom Orsborn of the San Antonio Express News. He's kind of been on this. He's been, um, you know, you know, reporting whatever um, all three parties are saying. So again, definitely follow Tom Orsborn uh, and his reporting from the San Antonio Express News. All right, so now that Primo is gone, though, and then um, uh, let's talk about where, what the roster, what's happened to the roster, you know, since he got since he got waived. Well, with, with, they had one play, one one um, roster spot open, and so what they did was the Spurs they signed Jordan Hall, who was most recently on a, on a two way contract with the team to a non guaranteed deal for nine hundred thirty five thousand dollars for this season. Now the contract's non guaranteed, but it will guarantee if if Hall is is on the roster past um, January tenth, twenty twenty three. And then the team got some injury news this past week where on um, after that game, I think it was against Minnesota on November 1st, the Spurs announced that Blake Wesley, you know, had, who had played pretty well in his first two games uh, ha- has a grade three left MCL sprain. The team will provide updates on his return to the court as appropriate. And initial reports were saying that he might be out to six to eight weeks, but the Spurs didn't provide any kind of uh, injury timeline. What are your thoughts there, uh, Bruno, on um, Jordan Hall returning to the Spurs and then uh, Wesley's injury? Yeah. <clears throat> um so I need a cough button as well. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, with Hall, it's interesting. You know, you don't want to use the word beneficiary in relation to um, anything relating to the Primo situation, but it does seem like um, he it, he does sort of benefit from that open roster spot, having been um, waived uh, to to make room for uh, Charles Bassey on that uh, second two way and um, you know open spot. They bring him into that unguaranteed. Um, I did not catch much of Jordan Hall before. Um, I don't can't say I was like. Super impressed with what I saw, I guess, in the in the few fleeting moments. So um, we'll see kind of what he does, um, you know, now that he's back on the roster. Um, but, uh, yeah, obviously with Blake Wesley, that's um, uh, it's super unfortunate for him. You know, somebody who seemed primed for those minutes, especially, again, with Primo gone, it seemed like he um, could have fallen into um, uh, a bigger role um, in that backup uh, point guard spot. And, again, just kind of been thrown into the fire and seen kind of what – how he shakes out, you know, he he's somebody who didn't come in with known as a, a, a plus decision maker, the ball in his hands. That was definitely an area where he was um, set to improve and getting heavy regular minutes. And as, as a part of a rotation um, definitely could have, you know, kind of fast track that development for sure. So uh, it's a bummer, you know, you assume that um, after the injury, it's going to take him a while to, um, you know, find his, find his feet again. And, and um, uh, you know, Feel feel more comfortable playing again. So he he loses quite a bit of time there, um, and in a season like this where it has been so much about development, that's um, that's um, another sort of um, you know bummer part of the season. But uh, you know we'll see. I think you know the Spurs are not um, going to be too worried about uh, you know signing some veteran DJ Augustine to to help shore up those. Um, you know, that, that playmaking role, they're going to just kind of next man up mentality and uh, make do with, um, you know, that sort of playmaking by committee um, team ball sort of thing. So, you know, they'll keep on rolling and, um, you know, hopefully we, we, we get some some that's like Wesley experience when, when um, um, he gets back from injury. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And also like, I really feel like it kind of slots Malachi Brandon, like an awkward position because again, he's not, it's like the opening's there for a backup point guard, but he's not really a backup point guard. So they're going to give it to like, you know, him, he and Josh Richardson kind of just have to man, man the field there whenever the team's healthy until Blake Wesley comes back. So I, I do think like maybe that that spot will still be there for Blake Wesley whenever he does uh, get healthy and return from injury. All right. So uh, Spurscast listeners, if, if you're on Twitter, you can follow Bruno at Bounce Passos. So again, if you're on Twitter, follow his work at Bounce Passos. Uh, you can also check out his work over at Pounding the Rock. Make sure you check out 
Bruno's work on Pounding the Rock. So thanks to Bruno for joining me on this episode of the Spurs Cast. I also want to say thank you to Joe Garcia for mixing and producing this episode. From all of us at Project Spurs, stay safe and have a great day. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.